Hi, this is Michelle with Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up. If you're here, it's probably because you have a son or a daughter who is addicted, who has a substance use disorder, as we like to say. And I just want you to know you're not alone. We understand. I am the mom of a recovering addict. And thankfully, um, he has been two years into recovery now. And I am serving you because I want to help you on your journey. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you've been here before and you enjoy listening to our content, please uh, leave us a review, share it with a friend, and um, welcome. Today, I am going to talk about empathy and codependency and a little bit about enabling. And um, it's, it's those, those words, the enabling and the codependency, are sometimes shameful. And I have been on the other side where somebody has said to me, well, don't enable your child. And I have really felt um, like I was being attacked, right? So each mom is as happy as her least happy child. And there's this line that moms have where they want their kids or adult kids to be on their own, but yet they want their children to be happy. And it's really hard to um, know the difference in how to help and how to love them. And I'm just going to speak into that today a little bit. Um, so there, there's a difference between feeling empathy for somebody and somebody who has a codependent type of relationship. And I know that that term, you know, if you were to say, well, you're so codependent, it just sounds so shameful. But we're just going to talk about feelings and how people feel. I have been an empath my whole life. And by that, I mean that I can feel other people's feelings. Like I am impacted. I can walk into a room and assess different people and pretty much tell who's on edge and feel feel their um, their their energy that they're generating, right? I'm impacted by others' feelings. If I'm told a story about something, I can empathize that. It's like I'm able to put myself in their shoes and really feel what they're feeling. The key difference is in codependency, um, we take on other people's feelings. We take responsibility for other people's feelings. Um, and so we feel those so deeply that um, we need our loved ones to be okay, for us to be okay. So the other day, my 10-year-old Addie was expressing her opinion about not doing something. And she was crying and she was like, well, now everybody's going to be mad at me and nobody's going to like me and everybody wants me to do this thing, right? But I don't want to do this thing. And I've been trying to teach her how her job is not 
to make other people um, feel good. So if they're feeling poorly, it's not her job to make them happy, right? So I think um, we can learn from that in that it's okay to feel empathy for somebody, but when our health depends on somebody else being okay, and we can't feel good unless our children feel good, um, then it becomes a problem, right? And not just for us, but imagine our child who knows that if he or she isn't happy, that we're going to be unhappy. And they don't want that pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And sometimes addicted loved ones will distance themselves from their moms. And moms sometimes take it personally, right? And they're like, well, why doesn't he want to see me? Well, he knows that you're going to feel deeply about his situation. And he can't handle the pressure, right? He can't handle the pressure of knowing that you um, are going to be so consumed with unhappiness about him. And sometimes I think, you know, moms want to fix things for their kids so that they feel better. And there's there's nothing wrong with that in that if you're aware that you're doing it, then you can um, maybe stop um, and look at where you are and if those feelings are causing you so much stress. So um, if your emotional state is dependent on your addicted loved one's emotional state, then you're never going to be happy because you can't control them. So we forget, you know, ourselves um, and we don't listen to us and maybe we overfunction and overworry. And sometimes I've overmeddled, right? And, and trying to fix things so that I feel better about their situation, right? So for, for instance, like um, even a counselor can sit next to a person who is pouring out their soul and their feelings and be empathetic. And that counselor could say, I understand what you're feeling. But those counselors are trained to separate themselves from you. Um, and, and the same with our children. If we can come up beside them and understand why they're feeling something, even if we don't agree, even if we can't relate, but we can offer a hug or a pat on the shoulder and just listen without needing to fix them, then they are more likely to open up and and share and not feel ashamed, right? So um, empathetic people care. We don't like shame or diss the person for their problems or for what they feel. We can like sit with them. We can be with them through the process and our emotional well-being remains intact. You know, our joy isn't based on another person's joy. Um, And that, that is the most difficult place for moms to be because moms are 
only as happy as their least happy child. So I understand. Um, what What's really difficult sometimes is in our private Facebook group. And if you aren't there, please join us. Um, it's Moms Letting Go, all one word, no spaces. Moms Letting Go. And sometimes a mom will share how they're just so angry at their child because their child stole from them or, um, you know, did something so unforgiving, right? And it's hard because we want to take it personally. We do take it personally because we have a personal relationship with this per- with our child. The difference is if we can keep mindful and be mindful of this is that when when a person is using a substance, their brain tells them that they have to use that to survive. And they will get and take whatever means they have to, to continually survive. Um, just like we would for food or water. If, if this um, world started shutting down, we would all be you know, grasping at the last things we could to keep ourselves alive. That's how it is for them. So it's, it's not like your person, your child is, um, hates you. It's that you, um, they're just going to get, they're going to take what they need. And we can't take that personally as hard as it is. Now, there is a place for boundaries though, right? And so sometimes, you know, I look back on when our son was um, so in the throes of addiction and I had to detach. I couldn't cope with even seeing him. And now knowing what I know, I believe that I would handle it differently. And in knowing what I know about empathy and being able to come up alongside him and listen to him. Um, when families can do this with their children, it, it keeps the families more together. It gets their child into um, recovery sooner and because everybody's on the same page and we're not shaming them or judging them because once we start shaming our child then we're just so angry at them they um they just stay in that locked state of addiction and just cannot figure out a way to get out right so um keep in mind that if your loved one sees you you know running around and pressuring them to get well and try to control them so you feel good. It's too much pressure. They're gonna they're gonna run away. They don't want to be responsible for your feelings too. It's tough enough to feel what they feel, and um, just know that they might push you away. But as they do, it becomes counterproductive, right? And so that's why sometimes I'll say, let's meet them where they are. And a mom will say, and I get it, I get it. Like, how do you beat them where they are? Like, we can't relate. But um, if you could imagine a stranger or, um, you know, a child crying. I, I, I practice this all the time. And trust me, it doesn't come easy. I have to practice. So sometimes, just keep in mind, we have to practice this. It's not going to happen for us overnight. We're not going to all of a sudden realize what we need to do and be good at it. But um, for a child that's crying because 
they feel something is unfair. If we say to them, well, it is too fair, like get over it, right? That's really not empathetic. But if we say, oh, and the first thing we do is, you know, offer a hug or repeat what they just told us like, oh, so you feel sad because you feel like this is unfair, right? And so we just kind of mirror or paraphrase what they just said to us. And I did this. I did this with my granddaughter and she was crying. She was so upset. And she's like, well, you're not even going to listen to me. She said, you're just going to tell me that I just need to get over it. And I stopped in my tracks because she was right. I lecture. I, I do that too often. And I thought, oh my goodness. Okay. This is my time to practice, right? So I first invited her into my lap and I said, tell me how you're feeling. I want to know. And so she told me, and I disagreed with all of it, but I couldn't say that. I just paraphrased and I said, oh, so you feel like this is unfair because so-and-so gets this and so-and-so gets that, and you only have this. Am Am I hearing that right? And she said, yeah. And I said, oh, you must feel like, you know, so you feel like you don't matter to these people, or right? Yeah, you know, and so we just try to mirror what they're feeling and listen. And I nodded and I, and I scratched her back a little and said, oh, I'm so sorry, you're feeling pain right now. And she gave me a hug and I mean to tell you, she got over that and lickety split and she was bouncing around to something else. Forgot all about her horrible feelings. And I sat there stunned. I was like, oh my goodness, is this all it takes, right? Is this all it takes to help somebody feel empathy? And so, you know, sometimes though, when our loved ones come to us, it's because they want something, right? Our addicted loved ones want something. And so the hard part for us is to be empathetic and then not get angry or go off when they, you know, ask us for something, but instead say, oh, calm, calmly say, oh, I see that, you know, you're in a tough spot. And so if I'm hearing you right, you want me to um, put gas in your car so you can go to blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm really sorry, but I, I'm confident you're going to be resourceful for that. And, you know, or no is no, but you can say no in a loving way too. It doesn't have to be, what? What'd you do with all the money you just made on that job? Did you just throw it away for drugs? No, I'm not going to do that. So see, there's a difference in your tone. There's a difference in um, how you're meeting them where they are. And by that, you're just accepting their, their need for the drug in the moment is more powerful and more rewarding than the benefit of not using because they know if they quit they're going to be so sick right they're going to have to gear up and know that um, they they have to really work at it and change is tough working at it is tough Um, and and just you know I'm sure you can relate because if you've tried dieting or if you've tried to give up you know fasting for um, the month of Lent or something and given up like chocolate or something that's coffee or something that's really important to you. 
it's not easy, right? So the benefit of um, going off of that typically has to be more of a reward than the negative of the withdrawal, right? Um, so here's what we can work on, okay? Here's, here's, what, here's just a short little list of what you can work on. And remember, it just takes practice. Let them have their feelings. Let them. Let them have their feelings. And tell yourself, as you listen to their feelings, you're going to be uncomfortable. But tell yourself, it's okay. I'm gonna, you, you know, you're going to allow yourself to be uncomfortable with them being uncomfortable. I mean, when my granddaughter was sitting there crying, oh, I just, oh, it just ripped your heart out especially when you hear what it was and and you know she was she was disappointed in her life and certain people in her life and it's heart-wrenching right but I'm not there to fix it I was just there to listen and I was very uncomfortable hearing her talk about it because I wish she didn't have to go through that but I also know that going through that and having somebody to just vent that was going to be um, helpful to her. Um, Show acceptance. Show, you know, accept your child for wherever they are. Um, Be there with them and don't try to fix it for them. And once you do this, oh my goodness, it's so freeing because when I did this with Addie, you know, our 10-year-old granddaughter, and she hurried up and moved on to doing what she loves to do, which is crafting and she just moved on and she was over her disappointment and her tears oh I I sat there and I was like yay way to go Michelle because I was practicing and it worked and it was so freeing that I didn't have to do anything except listen so um they will feel better after processing it too and I I think that after I you know, rehashed what she was saying to me. Um, I rephrased it. I kind of, you know, said what she said. They hear it a different way. So they, when they express it, it's, it's to tell you how they feel. But when you rephrase it and give it back to them, they hear it differently. And that is powerful in itself because sometimes that's when the person develops an awareness about, oh, listen to how I sound, right? Um, Because when they can listen to how they sound, they will connect um, and and they they will draw on their own wisdom to figure out what they need to do or what just happened. Um, And it's just free because we know that we can't do the work for our loved one. Um, And and it is powerful, powerful to unattach from our child's outcome. And once we don't own what their outcome is, if we don't, you know, we're not responsible for their feelings, we can't control the outcome of how they feel. Once we can free ourselves from that, um, then we can experience joy in our own lives. So your value, who you are, doesn't make, is, you're not here to make other people happy. And I tell, I tell Addie this all the time. Um, she, 
she skis on the water ski team. And there's this one exercise where they go out on the shoulders of a guy who's skiing and they do handstands and pose and so on. And they sit, when they go out, when they go off the dock, this is water skiing, when they go off the dock, the girl is sitting on top of the guy's shoulders and then she stands and does some things. And it's it's pretty tricky and it's, it's awe-inspiring for sure. So Addie's cousin, who's her same age, said, come on, will you go out with me on my shoulders? I want to try this and nobody will do it with me. Everybody turned down her cousin and she felt so sorry for him that she did it. And she came home and she was crying because she had bruises all over her. And she, I said, well, how many times did you go out there with them? She goes, well, three times because nobody would. And I felt really sorry for him. And and she was taking on his feelings. She felt responsible that it was her job to make her cousin feel, feel good, right? So for me, this was a huge teachable moment. And I stopped. Wait, what? I said to her, what? And I smacked my hand down on the table and I said, you can say no, it's okay. If you had said no, he would not, you know, that's the boundary. And if you're not comfortable with that and you felt that it was dangerous, but you did it because you were trying to save him from hurt feelings, ooh, wrong reason, right? And so for me, it became a teachable moment. And that summer, it was a few summers ago, it was all about learning how to say no so that she could develop those boundaries of knowing it wasn't her job to make other people happy. Um, so, So once we can become more comfortable with our children like this, it's loving them where they are, we can learn how important it is to show love without expectations and without trying to finagle the outcome in their lives. Um, And also, it, it really helps us as moms get to the next level of our lives. I I mean, most of us are approaching the second half of our lives. For me, it's way beyond that. I'm 62. And um, I wanna make sure that um, I'm building up the kingdom, doing what God gave me and my gifts and and how I want to empower others. I I don't want to be stuck on my joy only being there if somebody else is happy. My joy needs to be dependent on what I'm doing for my life. So um, hopefully, hopefully this has is, is helped you some, just kind of um, helped you to think through the difference between empathy and codependency and enabling, you know, I hate that word. I do. I I think that there's so much stigma behind that, especially looking at my past when I used to have friends telling me, well, quit enabling your child. And I used to think, wow, I, I don't feel like I'm enabling. I feel like I'm loving. And don't, you know, just stay where you are with who you are and know that whatever anybody wants to call it, 
you can love your child any way you choose, but also know that if you are basing your, if you're taking on your child's feelings and and you feel responsible for his her happiness, and you're owning that, and you're taking them taking that on, and you need to be okay for them to be okay. That's that's where it's dangerous. And not because of some words it's going to make you feel like you're doing something wrong, only because it puts your child in a difficult position, right? They feel a lot of pressure. They don't want their lives to be um, instrumental in making you happy, right? It's just a lot of pressure, but also because um, we're going to be disappointed, and we can't control, we can't control anybody but ourselves. But we can sit and listen and be present without comfort. So get used to being uncomfortable, right? Anyway, God bless and thanks for listening to this episode today. If you're not in the group, please join us. I also have um, courses at momsletting.go.teachable.com if you want to empower yourself to learn, educate, and um, grow from um, helping your understanding of how to help your child, um, you can find help there too. And I look forward to serving you in the group. Let me know, reach out and let me know who you are so we can welcome you and pray for you. Take care.